This is Bibliovile, the terrible book exchange podcast where a wife and her husband get each other the worst books they can find. For this episode of Bibliovile, Mick read Number One Crush by T. Gephardt, and I read Autumn Rose by Abigail Gibbs. Welcome to Bibliovile, the terrible book exchange podcast. My name is Mick Dickinson. And I'm Susan Dickinson. And we are back here yet again, late yet again, uh, but hopefully for the last Maybe time for, for a while. Maybe for the last time? Question for mark? For a while, now yeah. that the soccer season is done uh, and my, my book reading can continue unabated. Uh, Except for the dog and the baby. And Those aren't responsibilities. Yeah. Uh, well, no, the dog is more just he hates knowledge, and you can be playing video games or looking at your phone, and he will be fast asleep. But the second you pick up a book or your Kindle, or sometimes he knows that yeah. you're reading a book on your phone. I read this on my phone. And he just knows, and he's like, oh, no, we can't have that. I got to interrupt that. That can't happen. Yeah, he's a he's a jock. <laughs> he's a uh, meathead. And the baby doesn't really super get in the way for me because I I uh, well I mean over the past couple of weeks I haven't been home at all so uh, he's not really uh, throwing a, a problem old squeaks. Uh, but now tomorrow I got dad o'clock. It's dad o'clock for me and squeaks. What's the longest up till now that you've been babyless? Uh, the well I mean when I go to work so. Eight hours. Eight hours. Well, how long are you going to be babyless over the next couple uh, days? I don't really want to think about it. I leave tomorrow morning at 7.15, um, which is Sunday, and I will be back around 6 p.m. on Tuesday. That's a long time. Uh, yeah, but you're going to have a great time, and I'm going to do okay. He'll be alive when he get home. That's good. He'll be happy. He'll yeah. have eaten well, food. Yeah, eating solids with Dad. It's a whole thing. Yeah, I mean... I just don't know what it's like to be alone with the baby for an extended period of time. Yeah, so I just can't, can't imagine. You can't possibly understand my pain. <laughs> anyway. Three days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's that's for tomorrow's problems. Tonight's problem is having to explain these books. Uh, so, Sue, you got me uh, on Hoopla because there has to be more than one library app. I think we might need... We have not revisited the bibliophile rules in a while. I think the rules are still no graphic novels, and that's like it. Basically. I think I might need to add a rule of it has to be a book that I can either get in person or download on my Kindle because it sucks to read books on this Hoopla app. At least the other, well, one of the other apps Libby. that the library has, you can download it to your Kindle. This, I just had to read it on my phone, and it was very annoying. Why? I liked it. Oh, I don't like reading it on my phone. Mm. It made it seem way longer, because it was like 758 pages or whatever. Well, knowing how fast you read, your thumb probably started getting tired from trying to swipe. <laughs> I'm going to get in carpal tunnel. Yeah, so you got me Number One Crush by T. Geppert. And judging by the fact that the author uses only their first initial... They're in hiding. They're in hiding. It is... Uh, it's less sex book than, I don't know, uh, Midnight Sins, where it's just like, 
hey, this book is about people fucking, and, and then we came up with pirate gold around it. Yeah, we came up with an absolutely bizarre plot that no one can follow because the point is the fucking. Yeah, this one's more like a rom-com where they fuck a bunch. Hmm. If that makes sense. Was it decent? Yeah. Damn it. I know. This is so frustrating. <laughs> what is wrong with me this season? I don't know, but you did look and get me a book that, uh, according to the author's note, uh, was the fastest and one of the most enjoyable wo- uh, books the author has ever written. She doesn't think that she has ever laughed as much as she did writing this book. Not because I think it's the funniest, but because the situation the main character finds herself in. And I was like, oh, shit. This uh, is going to be one of those witty, snarky, It's also like... The main character finds herself in these weird... I, yeah, bud, you wrote it. You wrote the main character. Oh, yeah, but I don't think she plotted it out. Sometimes you just sort just, of stumble it on. Eh, well, I don't write, so I don't know. Uh, well, this person doesn't write that often either because there are some real clunkers. Uh, she's talking about this really hot actor who I think, almost assuredly, given the uh, dedication that he has mentioned in, is supposed to be modeled on uh, Alexander Skarsgård, lately of The Ooh. North Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's the said number one crush, and our, our uh, main character is a journalist uh, for the post. She's embarrassed. <laughs> it's pretty funny <laughs> in New York. Uh, and so she wants, she can't stop thinking about him, and so she devises this plan where she's going to go meet him. She's going to find out he sucks or whatever, and then she's going to be over it. And once you know it, uh, they meet and fall in love. Do adults really have crushes like that on celebrities or public figures? I don't know. I'm in love with you. I'm not a public figure or a not celebrity. Yet. I'm a podcaster, though. Yeah, that's right. We got we got dozens of people we know. <laughs> um, however, there are some clunkers. Uh, she's explaining his plan. So the best way to fix that, her crush, is to see that he isn't so special. I'm sure he'll be just as good looking in those pictures. Let's not get crazy. And that body of his, I mean, he's basically an amusement park for my vagina. Ew. Yeah. Uh, not you just because it's like people want to have sex with each other. That's fine. But you as in like, that's... It's that, clunky. That's the, the joke that you made that uh, was the whole thing. Um, and so she goes to Los Angeles and uh, weasels her way into getting an invite to a premiere by pretending to basically be a, uh, like, breakdown. Uh, there's a, a co-star of his or co-star of a co-star. I can't remember. That had like a mental breakdown and was like in Texas hiding somewhere. Nobody can get a, a read on her. Uh, and so she pretends to be that woman's assistant and gets an invite and then goes instead. Uh, I don't know. Uh, goes to the premiere, meets him and like stares him down on the red carpet and like touches him. And he's intrigued. Creepy? He's intrigued. And then they go to the movie, which I think, if I remember correctly, was on a Wednesday, which I think is pretty funny. Um, and then there's like an after party that they, she gets picked up by two guys that are trying to sleep with her, I don't know, independently together. Who cares? Uh, and so she's like, oh, I'm an actress. That's why I'm at this premiere. And she goes to the bar and uh, just basically her her strat for ditching them was to be like, okay, and after this we can go meet my parents and everything like that. And so they get creeped out by the commitment. And so she basically just used them for a ride and for knowledge about where the after party is. And would you believe it, Eric Larson himself steps up to her at the bar and starts <gasps> talking to her. And then they go to In-N-Out Burger because it's the best burger in L.A. Quirky. Uh, and she yells at people that were honking. And so she's so quirky and so intriguing. And he calls her New York to her face. But she uses her real name. 
And then he, she goes back home. She's like, okay, I jerked off in the hotel room like a dozen times. <laughs> like, they don't kiss. They don't do anything like that. She goes in to get a burger with him and all that sort of stuff. And then she gets dropped off. Uh, and then she goes back home to New York and he calls her. He's <gasps> tracked her down. How? It, whatever. Like, basically, even the story's like, yeah, whatever. That doesn't matter. Like, yeah, he found her number. It's fine. Don't worry <laughs> yeah. about it. Um, and so... Then he invites her back out to his place, and she's, oh, this is so crazy. Uh, She doesn't write any articles about it, uh, and she's starting to really feel for this guy, you know? Um, I will say this. It's not that bad of a book. Obviously not something I would choose to read, but I read it without much complaint, uh, because it does do a really pretty good job of, like, the initial sort of nerves and, like, oh, man, I'm so fucking horny. <laughs> like, <laughs> it does do a pretty good job of that. Uh, and she's not, like, you know, let's not exactly call this comedy, but it's not unfunny. It's not everything is not as clunky as the amusement park for my vagina thing. And uh, she can sometimes be a little bit too, like, I'm witty and sarcastic, so you better watch out, boy. She has a... She has a coffee cup that, I don't know if this is true, but she has a coffee cup that says, you know, don't talk to me before I've had my coffee and don't talk to me afterward. It's like that. She's so funny. Um, you know, I just made that up. Like, that's not a bad coffee that's cup. Not I could a bad... make 10,000 bucks off of that. You really yeah. could. That's pretty good coffee. TM, 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 TM. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the I thing mailed is, it like, to myself. This is, this is annoying. Like that kind of character is annoying enough in a book that you're reading, but I feel like I know at least a couple of those people in real oh, life. yes, and I <laughs> try to avoid them. Um, and so then she goes to L.A., and they start feeling for each other instead of just, she's, like, pretty realistic. She's like, this is ridiculous. Like, he's an A-list movie star, and I'm something. Uh, she's a post reporter. It is never once described what she looks like. Yeah. Not once. Perfect breasts. Well, not even that. It's just like, it's from her perspective. And so she just describes him a whole lot. Yeah. This is this is real. It's not the it's not the male gaze if it's a woman looking at a man type, uh, of, type of thing. Yep. Um, and so his sculpted abs and his butt and his huge dick. Uh, and so they get to fucking. And it's all very healthy that like, hey, I get to fuck this really hot guy. Sorry yeah. about the language. I get to bone this really hot guy. It's not going to last, you know, this is, that's ridiculous. I'm mm. nobody like, come on. Uh, but it's going to be fun while it does and everything. And would you believe it? They start to, they start to like each other, <gasps> but she still is telling him that she's an actress because she does, doesn't have a good time to come clean. And it's very clear like, oh, so he's going to find out that's and your second act And then that's going to be your second act yeah. twist. Yeah. Um, and so that's what happens. And it's basically like they and get. And then he's devastated that she lied to him and they don't talk for a while. Kind of. Um, and so it's it's not bad. The only thing is that it's like uh, she must have had the author must have had a page count. They have a lot of bits and bites that are I think just trying to eat up space. And there's a problem. And like Vanilla Ice would say, you'll all solve it because they communicate fine. Uh, but it is pretty funny how the length it goes to not describe her in any specific way. Uh, he took a breath, running his hand through his hair, mussing it up so that he looked even sexier. Because being my girlfriend isn't who you are. Next, he slayed me with his eyes. You're Tia, and you're fucking amazing in your own right. I'm not going to take ownership of that because you happen to be dating me. Dear God in heaven and all the saints, which she says a lot. He refuses to call her his girlfriend because he doesn't want to presume to own her. I don't... Mm, mm, is mm, is yeah. calling someone your girlfriend making a presumption of owning them? Yeah. 
Um, no, uh, I also enjoy that it's like, you're perfect. You are a, a person who is great. I love how person you are. Yeah. And it's like, okay, she's assumedly quite attractive and yeah, wears but, fashionable clothes. But what specifically about her yeah. do you like oh, or do you find perfect or yeah. is interesting to you? Yeah, we're back to that whole conversation. So yeah. uh, then it comes out. Uh, you know, sh- they're making out, making out, and having sex and having sex, and they're starting to feel for each other a whole lot. Feeling. Uh, and then she takes the car to go do something, his car, while he's at a shoot, uh, and then she sees on a magazine cover that pictures of them making out have been published, and it has a real name and a real, jo- well, he, he knows a real name, but a real job, and so she goes back to the house, and I was going to mean to tell you, but you just couldn't find the right time. And he's called the cops on them because she stole his car. And he doesn't know who she is, actually, it turns out. Oh. Um, And so the cops uh, get out of their car and they're talking to her in very, uh, like, empathetic tone and are really sorry for her. And when they go to pat her down, they're quite gentle. And she says uh, nothing. She refuses to talk to them at all until she gets a lawyer. (laughs) Good for her. I am, yeah, very proud of her for that one. Um, and so then they take her through the back to the police station because, uh, it's, you know, she's now a public figure. They don't want the scandal. And about the time that police officers were treating a suspect, uh, called by, or like they were called by a big celebrity and the suspect is being treated with respect. I was like, oh, this is a big prank because he had, he had, oh, you know, he's a big fan of pranks like Justin Bieber. Oh, geez. Big fan of pranks. Um, and so, yeah, it's a big prank. And uh, it was his brothers that were pretending to be the cops. And then even her lawyer was one of his other brothers. But she was so... He he had known the whole time that she was a public... Or a journalist. So he, he didn't actually care? He didn't actually care. He just kind of wanted to force her to have to admit it. Because he used... He says, like, I gave you so many opportunities. Like, at one point on one date, he puts her on stage at, like, a open mic night without telling her what it is to try and get her to tell him, like, I'm actually not an actress at all. And so she does a shitty job of singing New York, New York. Uh, and then, well, I'm so sorry that I didn't tell you, but also you pretended to arrest me. He's like, yeah, maybe I went a bit far. Uh, and then they make out and uh, they're going to get married and live in both places. So what's really funny is that this guy, this this very hot Eric Larson man, is definitely supposed to be Alexander Skarsgård, uh, but... Skarsgård. 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 Well, he got all those brothers, so it's Skarsgård. <laughs> uh, Alexander Skarsgård is who you're supposed to think this guy is, but at one point it mentions his toned body having like a, a gray V-neck sweater on, and for some reason... Greg Sestero from The Room popped oh, into my head. no. And so then for the rest of the, the book, I couldn't help but think it was Greg Sestero that was the big hot. And he's like hot. He's a hot guy. But I don't think that's the vibe it was trying to go for was Greg Sestero, Mark from The Room. Um, instead, it was trying to be The Northmans and Generation Kill and oh, what else is he in? True Blood. Uh, trying to make him the uh, the love interest. But instead we got uh, baby face, you know, Mark, Mark, Greg Sestero. The yeah. The disaster yeah, and... artist himself. Wait, no, he wasn't the disaster artist. And then we got, uh, a female protagonist that we know nothing about her physical yeah. description at all. Yeah. Uh, Insert yourself reader. For sure. It, it, basically. I don't think the author would be insulted by that. It is absolutely self-insertion, which she does several times throughout the book. Yeah. 
Ew. I'm sorry. That one took me a minute. Ew. Uh, didn't take her that long, but uh, uh, the sex scenes weren't terrible. They're not weird in any way. It does mention that, like, she's very adventurous and he's kind of like, he finds it hot, but at the same time is not as adventurous. Like, he's, uh-huh. it's like, it's hot that you're willing to do basically anything. I'm not interested in doing basically anything. Yeah, that's and and like, yep, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So that was uh, number one crush. Uh, at the very end, it's very funny. This is uh, literally, uh, let's see here, page four hundred twenty-one out of four forty-eight. Uh, Roman, who was a year younger than Eric, probably looked the most like him. He was also the only Larson to shun show business and go into law. He used his mother's main name of Pierce for professional reasons, not wanting to attract the level of crazy that followed his older brother. Next came Dave and then Nick, who were also a year apart and two years younger than Roman, both sporting darker hair and darker eyes. And while they'd been acting since leaving college, blah, 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 blah. Uh, one of them has a new police series on Netflix, uh, and Alex is still in college at Berkeley and, uh, that sort of stuff. And so it's basically like, okay, we're 90% of the way through this book. Time to introduce our protagonists for other books. Yeah. Uh, Time to tell you who the next book is going to be about in this trilogy, inevitably. Yeah, more or less. So, uh, that was number one crush. It is not my number one book, but it is, is, I will give you this. You want to hear something really sad? No. Uh oh. Okay. Well. Good night. No. Uh, I keep a list of all the books that I read, and uh, in 2022, uh, this book is rare in that it's one that I finished. Uh, I believe it is my. Oh, it's more than I thought. But still, uh, it is my eighth book. So number one crush uh, is just as good as November 1918 by Robert Gerwith, apparently, and How the Word Is Passed by Clint Smith. So I think. Autumn Rose. Let me look it up. I also keep a list of books that I've read. Autumn Rose, which I also finished, was book number 50. Every year, one of my New Year's resolutions is to read less, and I just can't do it. Oh, it must be rough. <laughs> well, we did get the N64 extension on the Switch, so now you're playing Ocarina of Time. I know, and I'm cruising through it. It's going to be so fun. Ocarina of Time. We'll just get you back on Stardew. I'm actually, now that I'm playing Ocarina of Time, I kind of want to play Breath of the Wild again, and that would take a thousand years now that we have a baby. Yeah. So maybe uh, that'll be my new hobby. Yeah, I'll have to get in the way of your reading. Uh, so speaking of Autumn Rose, <laughs> I believe I remember uh, going to a distillery where I saw miles and miles of copper tubing uh, that let out a single drop, and that one drop of YA was Autumn Rose. Is distilled down to perfection. She has weird marks that make her special, but people don't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what makes her special seems to be unpopular. But that's what makes you beautiful, Mick. That's what makes you beautiful. So the 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 poll quote, the like review quote on the first page of this book is Twilight writer Stephanie Meyer has a rival in British writer <laughs> Abigail Gibbs. And I immediately said, Oh no. Yeah, well, and the You've writing, read both. the writing is probably, I would say, pretty equivalent to Stephanie Meyer's Twilight, which is bad. Um, one of the first details, I stopped taking notes and I just started highlighting. It's going to be one of those. But one of the last notes that I wrote was the mystery girl in the prologue has purple eyes. 
Ah. So we are, we really are at peak bibliophile here. Dang, I am blowing you out of the water. I know, it's ridiculous. Okay, prologue. So first of all, there's um, an epigraph, and she labels the epigraph. So it's like epigraph, and then it's, <laughs> she puts the thing. And then it's prologue, and then there's the prologue, which I thought was very funny. Which also funny. has an epigraph. Oh, no, that's just a intro. Okay. I suppose I always knew I was different that my fate was set in stone, and that one day I would sit on a cold, hard throne, a symbol of what I am, a deity of my own kind, a deity among many. Wow. That is, I will say, I assume this is about a teenager. This is how most teenagers think of themselves, so that is yeah. fair. Yeah. You want to hear about our teenager? Uh. My name is Autumn Rose Al Summers. I am almost 16 years old and a sage. Capital S, sage. As a guardian, I have one Lower purpose in life. G guardian, I though. know. To defend humans, namely the students of Cable Community College, which is a high school, Against the Extermino, a group of sage who do not follow the rule of our monarch and who commit such terrible acts, their scars have turned to gray. <gasps> not their scars. Uh, sage Extermino. are marked. <laughs> sage are marked by like one side of their body is covered in like really elaborate scars. Mm. But their, I, their name is the Extermino. The Extermino. From the Latin to extermin. Uh huh. I extermin exterminar. Yeah. <laughs> Extermino, exterminas, Extermino. exterminamos, exterminais. Um, so your protagonist was not described at all. Ours is described thusly. I have blonde hair, auburn streaks, natural, I might add, liquid amber eyes. My legs are too short. My skin burns far too easily. I just like that she's not even trying to fit this into, why is it all in italics? Uh, because this is part of an essay she's writing for school. I like the the prologue that you skipped where it says moving on <laughs> no. and it's like yada 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 this is what I look like she didn't even come up with an excuse of like I looked in the mirror and tried to comb my lanky brown hair or no whatever. I'm a match in the darkness compared to her beacon of elegance and decorum strike me and I'd struggle to even fizzle she would burn for hours it's like this is the this is my biggest beef with this book is it's just so dramatic well, the, it's the, so dramatic that metaphor is a little twisted because she's the only thing that could be struck to light it the other person was what she just dazzles i guess yeah um basically she is the only sage at this high school all the humans hate her and bully her and then the sage prince comes to the high school also um, he makes up some reasons for it, but it's really because of her, because she's some sort of chosen one. Um, the, <laughs> the, um, prince and the royal family, the Sajin royal family are from, uh, Australia, but they live in Canada. Wow. That is going to be a, a, a delectable mix of accents. I know. It's going to be really Boy, great. I'm your fucking king, and I? It's going to be great. I can't do nothing. Um, it so. tur- you cannot. That's correct. I can say one thing like a Kiwi, though. Oh, yeah? What's that? Olive Garden. <laughs> is that because you listen to days upon days of the worst idea of all time? I don't think so. They, I can do yes. 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 Because of that worst idea. Of I don't know. Guy Montgomery. I, <laughs> I'm worried about you, dude. <laughs> uh, no, but I can say Olive Garden in a uh, New Zealand accent and Big Pick in a South African accent. Big Pick. Big Pick. Um, I put the breadsticks in my big pick. 
There are nine dimensions and humans in every one. Each dimension is a rough parallel of the rest. We all share a cultural memory because whatever happens to the humans in one dimension happens in another. Because the nine parallels of a country are one state, not nine different states. The humans and dark beings cooperate through the interdimensional council. The inter. Of course there's a council. The inter. Swish. Of course there's a council. We got purple eyes. We got uh, the bad guys are bad because they're bad because they don't listen to the king. Because their uh, name is the Extermino. And they, they got, we got a, we got a council. Yeah, I'm just like, <sighs> I'm, uh, I know. Space Jam would say, I know. He know. We live in the first, we live Space in the Jam. first. NBA Yeah. Jam. That's Space Jam. We live in the first dimension, and it is the domain of the sage. Hell yeah. There isn't a hierarchy among the beings, but we have the strongest, most versatile magic. There isn't much we can't do as long as it doesn't drain nature too much, which is where we take our magic from if we need more than what is in our blood. We're ruled by the Athenia from a small country and the same name at the northern end of Vancouver Island. The second dimension is the vampires, ruled by the Varns in England. And yes, they are the ones who kidnapped Violet Lee. <gasps> the vampires rely on consuming blood for energy and to top up their magic, which is what keeps them alive. And then it goes on from there. Uh, there's shifters in the fourth dimension. Um, the fifth one is just Ents. There's, <laughs> there's ghosts. There's... Um, Let's see. The winged people and the elven fae. And the seventh dimension is the wolves. The mangu in the eighth. They're water creatures who can transform to come onto land. And the ninth is the phoenixes who can only take on a human form for one month in every nine. This is basically like a... You've been playing the tutorial level and then you just opened up the sort of bigger map. And it's like, where are you going to go first? And somebody has to sit you down and explain all these things. So maybe I've just been playing too little Elden Ring. Uh, yeah, you really need to play more. I do love that the uh, th- this book is straight up and down. Like, look at all these cool other things that we could be doing. You get humans. Well, so eventually I think there's going to be one. Nine books? Yeah, there's going to be nine books because she's the chosen one and she's, the chosen one of the sage, and then Violet Lee is the chosen one of the vampires, and then there's going to be a chosen one of each other special fancy race because they're the the nine whatever. Do you think that the ghost one would be like? Uh, so if if the vampire is Violet Lee, yeah, also violently, yeah. Um, do you think the ghost is like Silk Sh- Chad Chadley? <laughs> Silk Shadley. Yeah. Um, uh, he owns a used car dealership in Detroit. Oh, no. Um, Violet Lee was a human who was turned into a vampire. Like all vampires. And our main character, Autumn... I almost forgot her name. Her name is the name of the book. Autumn Rose uh, was, like, having visions of Violet Lee. Um, and then that's how they knew that there was some link between them because they're both chosen... 
Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. They're going to have to make the Kara Star Knights out of all nine chosen people. <laughs> the Terra is the name given to a group of treaties signed universally Ugh. by all dimensions in humanity in the early 19th century, formalizing what had previously been a set of uncoordinated laws. The Terra Treaties are the reason Autumn and Fallon are sitting in this room as guardians here to protect the school. The Terra Treaties are what binds a dark being under penalty of death to never harm a human unless lives are threatened, with the exception of vampires, who wouldn't be able to survive without this exception. It Like, the first 70% of this book is so deeply boring because it is both all of this detail about, like, the way the royal families interact and the interdimensional laws and all of this stuff. And also it's this girl being mopey because she's the, she's different than her classmates. Yeah. And so she's just sad and depressed all of the time. I like that the magical beings had their own treaty of the, or Congress of Vienna. Yeah. That, that the vampire Napoleon went on a tear through vampire world. And then the shifter Napoleon went on a tear through shifter world. Uh, and so they all had to sit down and make a Congress of Vienna in Earth One or whatever. I also love that there's all these different things that are the same. It, it's like you poke your head through the magical box and you come out and it's like, oh, and that's me, but blonde. <laughs> this one's a cowboy world, I guess. Um. So, yeah, it, I mean, it's just... Stop hitting the mic. I'm sorry. It's really deeply boring. Uh, we find out that Autumn is the Duchess of England. All of it, what? the whole the whole thing. What? So um, she's chose. So they took. I don't know, friggin' Cinderella. Not even Cinderella. They took, uh, geez, Otherworld, I guess, and then layered on the Princess Diaries. Well, she knows King Ralph. She knows that she's the Duchess, but she doesn't want to tell anybody that she's the Duchess because she gets bullied enough already and she doesn't want to be Also, different. you can't be the Duchess of England. England's not a duchy. I know. That's I ridiculous. know. That's why, like, that's why when I yes, said it. it is me, the Duke of England. Yeah, the Duchess of England. Um, she, I am Baron Von Canada. <laughs> <laughs> um, she is trying to figure out what happened to her grandmother because she's pretty sure her grandmother was murdered and that the prince knows why she was murdered but isn't telling her he is of course the prince of london uh well i mean he's the prince of everything he's the prince of athenia which is the sage realm also athens in greece that's where that comes from yeah if he gives you any trouble just tell him you've got a friend who's a purple belt in karate who will beat him up is that even a thing or is that like level one is the purple belt <laughs> i'm imagining like oh, a little I thought kid this was still dialogue yeah. It was dialogue. No, I mean the part where you said oh, it's not even a thing. No. Yeah, purple belt. Uh, not nothing, but not like a thing you use to threaten somebody. I'm not even going to read this That's out like loud. That's like saying, I'm a junior varsity, so if you need a guy on your team. You got me. There's even more boring, like, government stuff that I just, like, Hey, that's just... my job. <laughs> um... The werewolves have three branches, and when you think about the Second Amendment of the werewolf constitution, they really can't. It's so, a good Ben Shapiro impression, though. That is pretty good. So everyone hates Autumn because she's different, but then when Fallon comes, everyone loves Fallon because no, he's it's different. Kimmel. And <laughs> it's Kimmel. I got the a one case that, of the Jimmy's. Kimmel's the one that comes. <laughs> um. So then he 
is trying to get everybody to be nice to her, which clearly works out really well. He throws a house party. Oh, my God. Um, they decide that they're in love. She is inherently, incurably clumsy. This, I was, so wish, I know. Susan. I know. I know. I hate it. Um, there's a bunch of gossip yes. about the humans at the school talking about who lost their virginity to who. Who used a Walmart bag as a condom. Ugh. You, guys, uh, you didn't have that rumor in your high school? No. Did you have the rumor that during a school dance somebody whipped it out and jerked off over somebody else? No. You went to a boring, you had all true rumors because you all knew each other. Yeah. And also I don't think anyone told me any of the wow. good stuff. She got called comeback for a while. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah. Yuck. 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 Um. She has so she. It's never really explained if it's just like all in her head or if it's actually happening. But she, you get the grandmother's voice speaking to Autumn a lot throughout the whole thing. Uh-huh. But it's like, is this like a magical, like, she's a ghost or she's still yeah. around? Or is this just like... Is this Obi-Wan Kenobi telling yeah. Luke to turn his targeting computer off? Or is this Han Solo showing up to Ben on the weird-ass But it gets w- it gets weird because then in her exposition, she's like, but she wasn't dead. She was staring right back at me in the mirror. She was there in my hair and my scars and my breasts. She was in my shadow. I she got was grandma's titties. Like, why? Why are you like? Why is that a thing that you noted oh, that you honey, share with your grandmother? Honey, you just remind me so much of your grandma. <clears throat> that fat ass will yeah. always remind me of grandma. Those titties. Um, there's I don't know. There's like a lot of weird stuff where the humans find out that Autumn and Fallon are now dating, and so. They're, like, asking her a lot of questions about what he's like in bed. Um, One of the women said, or one of the human girls says, you have way better chances than anyone else, so go out with him, get in his boxers, and tell us if that bulge is real or just a banana, okay? That's how women talk to each other all the time. That's totally how women talk to each other, absolutely. Um, But then we get a real about face, because then it's, like, the extermino kill a bunch of people, and... Uh, Autumn almost dies. There must be a better word for what yeah. They, they um cancel, assassinate, cancel them. Yeah, I don't know. They Dalek them. Oh, at one point, uh, Autumn and Fallon. I keep forgetting her name. It's the name of the book. Autumn and Fallon are about to bone, and then he has to stop, and he says, "Oh Christ, you're not even legal," because she isn't sixteen yet, and that's the legal age for Sage. It's the legal sage age. It's the sage age. I'm happy that they have a, a separate age of consent because uh, sage brains mature faster. I it's not, the scars. Yeah. Um, apparently, Athenia is a libertarian dream. <laughs> no wonder Ben Shapiro made an appearance. In oh, sorry. I'm sorry. It's 17. Ah, uh, one year. I mean, nope, just kidding. 16. It is 16. I would gain the right to sit. Uh, tomorrow would be my 16th birthday. I would gain the right to sit on the Athenian Council in the inter. But my bone. father would continue controlling my finances until I was legally an adult by British law. For all intents and purposes, I was to leave childhood behind tomorrow. What? Uh, how old is Fallon? Uh, it's like early 20s, I think. Yuck. Yeah. 
What's um, he doing in high school? I know that, that she's apparently Stephanie Miller's or whatever, Meyer's uh, rival, but you didn't have to steal the part where a man who's too old to go to high school still goes to high school. I mean, basically. Uh, it turns out she is... Um, she's the last of her line, and she was born to awaken the nine. But she is one of the nine? So is she awakening the eight? Because she's the ninth? I don't really understand how all of that works. Whatever. Um, she finds out that her grandmother died to save her because she's the chosen one. Classic. She is the first heroine of Continal's prophecy. She is the hope of her people, and she must prevent the war he and so many others saw coming. So, like, it just gets really serious really fast. Where, like, she almost dies. One of her human friends dies. But it's like, why did we waste 70% of this book on teenage angst? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I fell asleep because I'm. this sounds so boring. You're welcome. I was going to say, you were really proud of this. So. I know. It's great. It's a bad book podcast. It was really boring. His mouth parted into an O, and his voice produced the same sound. <laughs> oh. Oh. I love you, Autumn Rose Alzheimer's. I always have. That's why I came here. That's why I kept everything I did secret. Not because of orders or fate, but because I wanted to protect you. And so I promise to look after you always in life and in death. No, you got to do it in an Australian accent. If you live, I will never leave your side. And if you die, then we will face whatever is beyond fate together. You will never be alone again. I'm just a bloke. <laughs> Standing in front of a Sheila. I can't do it in Australia. You, I can't. You can't. There was one night out very early in our relationship when after pre-gaming you decided you were going to try to speak in an australian accent and it was intolerable uh, i had to be in a different room it uh, was so bad i definitely knew it was bad and was doing that on purpose uh-huh. i should stick uh-huh. to my i should stick to my ten poles my can, my uper accent and my german accent your uper accent is great we should don't we should, you know we should make a uper uh ya novel be like Oh jeez, you gotta you gotta think about the chosen one over there. So you gotta think. Oh man, what's in all of these nine dimensions? Some of them are werewolves, you know. The best part is that one of the characters is like her human friend that gets turned into an exterminal, and his name is <gasps> his name is Nate. And I feel like that fits really well into the Uper thing. Oh Nate, you didn't you got turned <laughs> into an exterminal. And Nate got turned, didn't you hear? Oh, no. Now he's one of the bad guys. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Oh, I no. hate it when Nate gets turned into a bad Nate, guy. Nate, come on, man. Just come on back. We're not going to be mad you're an exterminal. We know <gasps> oh, you didn't mean to do it. Oh, dear. Um, so, yeah. Then the one of the last scenes is Nate and the head of the extermino talking about what they're going to do about Autumn Rose. It's just like... Violet Lee is a necromancer. I like they're setting up all of this stuff for the other presumably eight books. Um, five. I don't know if there's nine of them. Yeah, you you find one or you got your two in book one, right? I bet book Violet two, Lee is book two. I think she's been introduced here. You gotta think this is sometimes yeah you gotta have a Captain America movie and other times it's like uh, I don't know it's fucking Black Widow in the middle of Iron Man two. Yeah. So I don't think they're I don't think they're gonna make a but Black, Black Widow, Widow ever. So, 
for a second I was like, wait, does he actually not know? You did. Oh, yeah. You I did. knew there was a Black Widow movie. You know, oh, she goes dear. to Russia. Oh, dear, you know. Um, the two heroines share a connection that defies the limitations of telepathy. They share emotions, memories, and experiences without barriers and without consent. That's Ugh. a way of saying that when one of them has an orgasm, the other one does too. Hot. Just, but like spontaneously. Like, so your, your friend is boning and all of a sudden you're like in the middle of lunch with your aunt and... I'll have what she's I'll having. I'll have what she's having. Do you think then they text and they're like, fucking high five, bro. Like, hell yeah, buddy. And then it doesn't happen for a while and you're like, oh, is he gone? And she's like, no, he's just not doing a good job. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. I wish, we had, I wish I had one friend that would text me every single time they had an orgasm. Like, hey. Nice. I, I did it again. Oops. I Swish. Did it again. Oh, you know what happened? Her. You know what happened this morning, don't you know? No. We, uh, we had a good time. Um, Fallon is talking to Autumn at the end and he says, you've metamorphosed, left <laughs> your chrysalis. That's why I chose a butterfly. Sometimes I can't even remember you when you were once a caterpillar. Uh, you've, uh, you, you done, uh, turned into a butterfly. You metamorphosed, yeah, you'd, uh, put in your cocoon and then you, uh, oh, and then, geez, you, and then, then I, I got uh, your wings. You, you went and then, uh, metamorphosed or whatever. You know what I mean. Okay. <laughs> Come back to the house. We got later. Got some later. Uh, so yeah. I, so I really have to pee, and this book doesn't seem to be going anywhere. So. It's not. It ended. Do you want to hear the about? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to hear the about the author? This is really good. This is something good to end on. Stop, 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 I'm stop. looking at her picture. It's mostly her laptop oh. and her legs. Yeah. Abigail Gibbs was born and raised in deepest, darkest Devon, England. She is currently studying for a BA in English at the University of Oxford and oh, considers herself bad. a professional student as the real world has yet to catch up with her. Her greatest fear is blood, and she's a great advocate of vegetarianism. It's going to make it hard to do the vampire Which book. logically led to the writing of her first novel, Dinner with a Vampire. I see. Um, but I do appreciate that this is, like, I'm pretty sure she's, like, 20 or 21 when she wrote this. Yeah. Yikes. And it shows. Dinner yeah. with a Vampire, Waiting for Bloodow. What do you think about it? I get Waiting for Godot and uh, my Dinner with Andre mixed up a lot, so. Oh. Yeah, all of those references just went completely above my head. What? I'm a really good co-host. Well, I'm really fun to do this oh, with. Oh, but you did the voice, though, with me. Uh, oh, that's going to do it for this week of Bibliovile. Actually, no, it's not. Oh, geez. Uh, we went to the library today on a day date with the boy. He was very overtired. It was great. Uh, and stopped by the actual library to get actual books. Uh, once again, I've, I've aimed uh, center mass at the Bibliovile. Uh, Target, uh, getting Susan Chimes at Midnight. An October Day novel by Shanae McGuire. Yeah, what's it about? It's about October Day. Uh, she goes what by is Toby. It? Uh, yeah, October Day, Autumn Rose. I'm in a fall kind of mood. She's training her squire, doing her job, and has finally allowed herself to grow closer to the local king of cats. Yeah. It seems like her life may be finally settling down, at least until dead changelings start appearing in the alleys of San Francisco, Ah. killed by an overdose of goblin fruit. That is where I stopped reading. I Uh don't know what the rest of it says. Yeah, that's also where I stopped reading, because I looked at Mick and said, oh, good goblin fruit. Yeah. 
Uh, Susan got me presumably, if not the last, then almost the last book of the Left Behind series. I've never heard of this series before. This is a big evangelical Bush era thing where the rapture happens. And so some people are left behind. And our main character in the original ones was like a bad guy and cheated on his wife or whatever. So he was, he was left behind. Kirk, uh... Ferentz. No, not Kirk Car- Cousins either. I knew you were going to go to that quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. But you know Kirk me. Cameron is in mm. the movie version. Uh, and so there's all these different prophecies that are coming true because the Antichrist, Nicolae Carpathia, vows a decisive victory. So uh, with special features relating to current events and end-time prophecy. Can't wait. We might have to reach out across the internet that he's no longer on to see if Tony can, supp- uh, can support some of these uh, uh, prophecies, if he can oh, fill us in. It's going to be good stuff. Yeah, except we're on the wrong side of Luther for him. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, we are still going to record next week, but you can find me on Twitter at Bibliovile. Sometimes, sometimes I start sentences without knowing where I'm going with them. I know, I know. Sometimes yeah. I get out of it, but mm-hmm. and other times I don't. You can find me on Twitter, not at Bibliovile. You can find the show at Bibliovile, but you can find me at Dickie Ma. I'm at Susan J. The intro music to her podcast is Baby of the Night by the band Elixir off of their album Rampant. Night, Michelle.